2: yeah okay you, are you ready to start i'm ready everyone sign yes good on we go
3: you're listening to the tom bernard podcast with Catherine brandt hey,
2: i met
0: the missus at paintball shot her in the neck
3: alex Brandt bernard andy Brandt bernard I are
0: you, you my daddy tony lee what's the matter with you people i was joking <laughs> and sean bernard look at that boyish face i'm gonna fucking lose my mind
2: Right. Hey. hey. Oh, Finally. He's How
3: nice. oh, I can relax. Oh, cool. Gestacki's back in our lives. <laughs>
2: that's all the difference in the world. I'm so happy we don't have to play Atlanta next week. Thank God! You'd have, I'd never heard the end of
1: it. <laughs> That's true, actually. <laughs>
2: Sorry, we're down in Florida trying to be warm.
1: I have an aunt in Boca. <laughs> I'm there a couple times a year. Does she talk like this? <laughs> <laughs> she's she's got a Greek accent. So,
2: ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for Kostaki Economopolis and quick snaps on the Tom Bernard podcast. Good morning, sir. Good morning,
1: guys. <laughs>
2: So, Atlanta's just sitting around in their ass waiting.
1: Seattle comes to Atlanta, and, and they're going to lose. I don't know if that's true, but I like the way it sounds when I say it. If,
2: I understand that.
1: If you want to go from Seattle to New Orleans, you got to stop in Atlanta. That's true on Delta, too. Oh, and yeah. very, that's yeah, true. Yeah. True. So, looking at the divisional round, the scariest team is Atlanta because I'm a Falcons fan and I'm scared. Uh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think you'll be fine. I, you know, to tell you the truth, it's going to be you and the Packers, I would assume. In the NFC Championship.
1: I hope so. I think so. We'll see. Well, I'm rooting for the Niners, actually. I think they're an easier team to beat. Yeah, I know. But we got to <laughs> handle the Seahawks first. They're they they're the hottest team in the NFL right now. They really yeah, are. Yeah. 24 unanswered points. They look terrible early and great late, like Cher on a show day. <laughs> <laughs> the Redskins are the opposite. No one's gone from looking that good to looking that bad since Bruce Jenner. Oh, oh. oh. He does man. look Bruce. horrible. Yeah. He does. He did it to himself. Yeah. The Redskins were dominant for a short time, then they fell apart. You know who else did that in Washington? The Republican Party. Yes. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> so you can tell it's the playoffs because they really crank up the intensity of the subway commercials. They are Seriously. everywhere. Hey,
2: who, who is Mike Lee?
1: Mike Lee, I don't know.
2: He's in the subway commercials. He goes, like me, Mike Lee. And I'm like, who the hell is Mike Lee? I have the same question. I do not know the answer to that. Just
1: a huge customer. <laughs> he just yeah, there you go. He goes there every day. Wild card weekend, or as my girlfriend calls it, football is still on. Yeah. <laughs> Ray funny. Lewis acquitted himself nicely in his final game in Baltimore. No surprise. <laughs> <laughs> He's yes. used to being acquitted. <laughs> He's retiring. How is he going to get all that aggression out now? Is This is bad Ooh. news for his karate sparring partner. And that war dance, is he going to do that in the first tee now? Is that what happens? <laughs> and what about that helmet? <laughs> what was that thing? I think that's cool. And the crazy robo arm. Yeah. He's retiring to go to work in television. You know who else did that? Vince Young. He just installed my cable. Oh! <laughs> that Poor Vince.
2: Yeah, he uh, he's
1: broke. Yes, he is. I tried to write some jokes about the Packers-Vikings game, but it was more exciting to stare at the blank page. <laughs>
2: you got that right. <laughs>
1: what yeah. happened? Yeah, Let me ask you a question. Sad.
2: How are you an NFL general manager, and that's your backup quarterback?
1: Joe Webb completed 11 of 30 passes, which averages out to traded in the offseason. season.
2: <laughs> 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 Might turn him into a wide out maybe well, yeah
1: I mean, actually never- that's where he, that's how he started right right, and ponder you know he he had fans calling for his replacement all season. Then he yes. played just well enough for them to be disappointed that he didn't play. He's yes. inventing new ways to be disappointing.
3: <laughs> I think he's standing on the sidelines going, hey, <laughs> so you didn't like me, huh? Uh,
1: yeah, right? Christian Ponder quietly hoping that the game's a disaster. Vikings got blown out. To see people in purple this embarrassed, you got to go back to Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian Peterson still got 99 yards. He would have had more, but he was exhausted from carrying the team all season. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. It was. Wasn't
2: that unbelievable?
1: By the way, 94 more yards than I moved all weekend. Football's and, still on. Yeah, I know, right? And Aaron Rodgers was awesome. He completed passes to 10 different guys, what a Kardashian would call a slow night. Oh. <laughs> Texans beat the Bengals most on the strength of their defense. It's a shame J.J. Watt wasn't at the Alamo. Might have had a different turnout there.
2: Isn't he unbelievable? <laughs> he really
1: is. Um, the Bengals played so badly on Saturday, the team bus dropped him off in Cleveland. And apparently the only people affected by the physical cliff were NFL coaches. Like, seven of them were fired. I think the Mayans had it right. They were talking about the end of Norv Turner's coaching world. Oh, God. Is
2: it, it's about time for him to stop being a head coach, don't you think?
1: Yes! I don't, for the life of me, every, at least in the last decade, every time he has a job, this team is terrible. I don't know how he continues to get work. He'll be a coordinator somewhere, that's fine. Yep. Tom Gamble to awesome. might wind up the Jets, general manager. Really, after Tebow, the Jets want to take another gamble? Ah, oh, see. Wordplay, everybody.
2: Hey. <laughs> Wordplay. You sounded like kind of you? like Derbingle at Christmas. Wordplay, everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Chiefs replaced head coach Romeo Cronell with Andy Reid. Sounds to me like six of one, half a dozen wins of the other. Uh, <laughs> come on, that's a good job. <laughs> Slow. Slow. <Why> should <laughs> we laugh Cute. And uh, we'll close on this little chunk. Rex Ryan apparently has a tattoo of his wife wearing a Mark Sanchez jersey. Does this story even need a joke? It's so sad. No. Appropriately, Rex is really going to wish that that tattoo would get picked off. <laughs> <No>. oh. <laughs> that's funny. That makes Rex's wife one of the two people in the world still willing to wear a Mark Sanchez jersey. The other being Mark, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, maybe maybe she's the only one. Mark Sanchez probably has a tattoo of himself wearing a Tom Brady jersey.
2: You are the best in the business, sir. We will continue next week. I hope
1: you're a good man, and hopefully, when we continue next week, we'll be talking about the Falcons' uh, recent victory.
2: That's all I have left now. Is I can root for now Atlanta, now can just root for, you. for my team. That's I good. can. We're we on need your a little side. extra mojo.
1: We're not not so good in the playoffs. We'll see. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank, Bye. Thank Bye. you, Mr. Papadopoulos. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this cold is killing me. Thanks to me, that hilarity happened. What episode oh, was that? It was a fine find. You still got a I, cold? Yeah, he does. I oh, still wow. have a
2: cold. Th- three weeks later, I have the same cold. Oh, that sucks. It's just unbelievable.
3: How long it lasted for me? So thanks. thanks. A lot. Happy New Year,
1: Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant. What's the latest?
2: There oh, there it is.
3: Brennan yep. <laughs> uh-huh. Simbe?
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the legendary Billy West, our guest this morning here on the Tom and Arm Podcast. Billy, great having you on, sir. Thank
0: you. I think it's probably the first time I've uh had the chance to speak to you.
2: Yeah, I I, I would guess over the I just missed you. You you started doing voiceover in New York in, in the mid mid eighties. Uh
0: yes. I got there yepes. Um Probably about 89,
2: that's what I would say. Yeah, I had, I had left in 86. I was doing, I was with Don Buckwall doing voiceover, living in New York. Oh,
3: yeah?
0: And
2: left there in 1986 to come back to Minnesota because my wife and I were expecting our... By the way, baby. Catherine is my wife, Alex is our daughter, Andy is our son, and Tony Lee is with us also. And I have to tell you something, when our son Andy, who's 26 years old, heard that you were going to be on the show, he said... My God, he's by far the biggest star I'll ever talk to. It's
3: always, it's always
0: guys. He
2: yeah. he, I
3: mean,
0: well, for I him mean, to know anybody. It's never like, like some beautiful woman going, you know, I, I, I want to be him. <laughs> I want to be, be under him. And, and...
1: Not a lot of girls watched Ren and Stimpy.
3: I watched
2: Dude, it. Alex did.
3: We watched it as a family.
0: Did you watch the Stooges too? Yes. Yep. Met oh, a no wonder Tom married you, for God's sake. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, way well, you know, was, uh, actually, Billy, I'm very, very lucky because both my wife and my daughter have great sense of humor. It's not like this, oh, God, that's guy humor, that's not funny, or blah, blah, blah.
0: Well, that's, you know, I. it sounds kind of like a rare thing. I mean, you would think in my house that everything was like, you know, circus atmosphere and everything, <laughs> and it was like the clampdown. I, I was... <laughs> I came from such repression, you wouldn't believe. No wonder I went nuts when I was (laughs) twenty-one. I just exploded. I was—I was so uh, regimented and rules and this and that and the other thing. If I was making, you know, I mean, I used to make noises and and Tourette out little voices and stuff like that, and all I ever heard was, "Can you not do that?" Yeah, the lid would be open. I'd come over and try to figure out how to play. It's like, can you not do that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> was it a military family? What was that all about? No, my dad was a psycho, is what it was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll have this ball, you know,
0: uh,
2: certifiable.
3: And Another thing you have in common, Tom.
2: Billy, actually, uh, <laughs> it is interesting because you and I are about the same. I think you're a year older than I am. Yeah. And uh, my father was institutionalized, paranoid, schizophrenic. So we got a lot in common, Billy.
0: Well, you know what? My dad um, never was diagnosed or anything. I mean, he... You know, we just we just knew what he was up to, and what were we gonna do? Go march down to the hospital and say, "Could you guys get the butterfly net and
3: come over to Forty Fifth Street?" You know. you
0: know, I mean, there was nothing anybody could do. And uh, my mom was very brave, though. She just grabbed three boys one day. We took us out of school, and we we're on a plane to Boston. And uh,
2: from Detroit, right? Yeah, from Detroit. God, that's an amazing story. It, it literally, I mean, we didn't move. My my dad just left for the institution and came back when I was about 16 for about a month or two. And then next time I saw him, he was on his deathbed. Oh, wow. It's an, uh, it an interesting way to grow up. Well, I mean, you know,
0: I, mean I, I had to, like, somehow forgive. Sure. I never saw him after I was 10 years old, but, I mean, I, I grew up shadow boxing. The guy was like, I could never do right by him. Right and that's probably why i I was so compelled to to want to be a superlative. that's all I cared about was like I just want to bring something to the table, I want to be the best you know um, I, I think it was um oh God, you know that that counter reaction to somebody telling you nothing and laughing at your right. endeavors and your attempts and
2: everything. No, absolutely and again, another thing common. My father left when I was ten years old as well exact yeah, same time wow. you know
0: something that we have a lot in common that
2: we you, because my father
0: a, 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 a three decade long alcoholic drug, drug
2: <laughs> that's nice Billy <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he it, it, I went through the same thing I had an older brother and that's my older brother was a big deal and I was nothing I mean it's just how it was
0: yeah but you know in a way think about it we wouldn't be here talking to each other if things hadn't gone down the way they did
2: no question I mean another time so I, I I missed you in New York by a couple of years, and I missed you during the Howard Stern era because you left, and then he came into the Minneapolis-St. Paul market in '98. Oh yeah, I was gone. And you were gone then, and, and he. This is the only place he ever lost. Wow. The only yeah, it was a. And you can check by the way. Everybody goes yeah, bullshit. <laughs> you know something, Tom? Nobody cares. No, you're right. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right about that.
0: You know, it's like it's like worrying about like, micro-life. You know, at the beach, you know, when you give your toe in the water, it's like there's this whole world going on, but...
2: <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. But um, you know what? The only reason I even mentioned that was because it was another era when everybody said to me, well, your career's pretty much over, that'll be the end of you.
0: Oh, yeah, that was, I mean, that was sort of the the bellwether thing of the time, though. Right. Right. Um, you know, it was like batting down the hatches, you know, Stern's coming to town, and Right, but the thing was is that, you know I always thought like diversity. Like I never listened. Uh, I, I'm very political. Oh, really? And I listened uh, to a lot of um, I don't know. I don't want to say intellectual radio. I want to say talk radio um, rather than music. I would listen to my own weird selections of music at home. I'm very dark, and I used to listen to a lot of Aaron Copland. You know that dark Gothic. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> stuff because uh, sure. you know it made me feel like I was alive. A lot of times I couldn't feel anything until uh, I kind of straightened out. You know, cut through all that scar tissue from childhood, and uh, I would play just like this dark, dark music. And they say, "Why do you listen to that crap?" And I said, "Because I feel something. I mean, feeling bad is better than feeling nothing."
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: You know, weird, weird stuff. But uh, you know, I mean, at least we're here. We're we're chatting it up, and uh, you know, life is. It's pretty good. And, well, uh, oh, you know, this whole thing with the Mayans. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. That'll the Mayans couldn't even see their own demise coming. Right. You know, how could they know what was gonna happen today, this
2: afternoon? Yeah, I don't think that's too pop- matter of fact the Mayans that are left on on uh, the earth are basically and this is true, they're basically cab drivers in Mexico.
1: Well
0: <laughs>
2: That's true. What? That's a yeah. true I'm not getting it's true.
0: Wait a I minute. Mean, I thought they I thought they were all gone. Yeah, I thought they nope, were, there's some left. They sped up their energy so much that they became light and disappeared.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard.
2: Yeah, it, uh, it it's kind of a sad story. Well, we just, as a matter of fact, I still do the KQ Morning Show here in Minneapolis as well. Uh huh. I've been on it for twenty seven years. We,
0: wow, uh, oh, do you know what an an anomaly you are?
2: Yeah, I know. It's weird.
0: You know, it's like. Uh, Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, this is, uh, what the hell, where am I? <laughs> you know, you're always on the bus, right? Yeah, always, always. I mean, that's kind of the, the norm. I, oh. was never, I was never a disc jockey. I was always like a guy who who put together stuff and got it on the air, whether it was come up with a character or come up with a bit. You know, you always had to have a bit.
2: Do you, uh, do you remember the first voice that you did, or was there one first voice, or was it just, I know that you're a huge fan of Larry Fine. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know that. Um,
0: the first voice, I don't know, you know, I was like, the Stooges had a big impact on me, but in way more ways than, than just, like, nutty characterizations. I mean, I was learning how to act by watching them. Did you? you know, te- I mean, it wasn't just random. Right. You just my mom would come in, look at crazy people, and roll her eyes and walk out. You know, like how can you watch those awful, horrible men? I say, Mom, but <laughs> they're great. They smack each other in the face. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and and when I first heard that stuff, I, you know, everybody could do Mo and everybody could do uh, Curly, but nobody gave a damn about Larry, which fascinated me. You know, the little that he said used to kill me. (laughs) Hey, Mo, there's too much tinsel in the tree. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Mo, you took my money, right? Yeah. Little champ, he's come back to haunt us. <laughs> That's
2: phenomenal. That is phenomenal.
0: Hey, Mo, I broke your Pesach dishes.
2: <laughs> Pesach. There's a nice this reference.
0: the dairy. What's the matter with you?
2: dairy. <laughs> <laughs> talking about Pesach and the dairy plates. and Yeah, now we're talking. I, I had heard a rumor, and I don't know, I, this is a... a <laughs> it was just a rumor, if it's true or whatever. But someone told me that you taught Sean Hayes how to how to do Larry Fine's voice. Is that true?
0: Oh, Sean Hayes, yeah. I coached him.
2: I huh? thought you did. That's what I had yeah, heard. I
0: was hired as sort of a consultant, but I wound up working with Sean Hayes, uh, the guy that was Mo. I never had I never had to do anything. I mean, that guy was just like he was born to be Mo. I mean, I just thought it was a great portrayal. Will Sasso, I helped a little bit uh, as Curly. I just told him some stuff, you know, like, um, like something I knew that I didn't think anybody else in the world knew, or maybe a few aficionados knew, but Curly, when he, when he ran, you noticed that he had a limp, Mm -hmm. or when he walked quickly, he had a limp, and, uh, and Will said, yeah, why is that? And I said, well, he shot himself in the foot when he was 13.
3: Really? Yeah,
2: I and
0: mean, that was his rite of passage right there to
2: be a stooge. Wow. Don't
0: you
2: think? Shooting yourself in the yeah. foot.
0: Yeah, that wow. did set him up. You know, I could just see him, you know, I shot myself in the foot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that.
2: God, you spent a lot of time watching the Stooges, Billy. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I was... Uh, saturated.
0: But I, I mean, I like the Marx Brothers, but they were a little highbrow for me. Oh,
3: um, I like
0: uh, the... Uh, highbrow. Yeah, I like the, uh, just the, I don't know, what do they call it, the craftness or whatever of the stooges, whatever it's supposed to be.
2: Yeah, what it's supposed to... Be. You must really like the fact that, that, I mean, our children, Catherine and I sit here and our son's 26 now, and Alex, our daughter's 23, and you... Made their lives much, much better. So they, they loved you.
0: Oh, that—that's really something great to hear. You know, it's like I, I did come into the business. I didn't want to be famous. I can tell you that. I was right. a musician, and I didn't give a crap about anything. You know, I was—I was a painter, and you know, like that sensitive little, you know, uh, spring-loaded artist. You know, hair trigger of the works. And then, um, and then I uh, got out of the band business. Because I was, they took away my spandex license in 1978.
2: <laughs> Long hair in spandex.
0: Hello. Yeah, really. My, I was a little getting a little too old to be shaking my ass around. <laughs> but actually, well, you know, I could do it again now. I, I got my high school body back, you know. Oh, that's good. Just working out must avoid old age. <laughs> <laughs> You know, me and these other gazers, you know, like <laughs> our eyes are popping out of our head.
3: It's good, huh? <laughs> feel <it>. the burn.
0: <laughs> yeah, feel the
3: death.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, that, the voice stuff, you know, I always had going for me, but I just thought it was something everybody could do. So I, I mean, I, I just kept it to myself um, pretty much in high school. And then. Um, When I got out, I I started doing that on stage, like if we had an emergency or we uh, broke a string or, you know, an amplifier blew up. And I I would just start going into these little routines and everything, and people seemed to respond to it, you know, like they liked that better than the songs. (laughs) um, So I kind of took a cue from that, and I went into uh, early stand-up comedy in uh, Boston probably around 78, oh great time in boston it's 79 yeah um all my friends were the guys who became famous i didn't stay with it because i got into radio and that had to be 30 years ago yeah um yeah close to it you know i got in uh, 81 i think or 80
2: yeah so 32 years ago
0: yeah so um you know and i'd be constructing bits and you, know, you come in to work with them. People think that you just come in and you can be blithe and glib, but there is some preparation that goes into it, you know. Um, there's a very famous, uh, well, he's famous in the business, um, a guy named Eddie Gordetsky. His name is on every show, you know, mm-hmm. like the Chuck Lorre shows, like, uh, you know, Mike and Molly. You see his name at the end. He's executive producer and all right. and that. And he and I were dodging the same bullets in radio back in those days. He was uh, a radio guy, too. And, um, you know, we'd be like conspiring against the man. <laughs> you know, we'd want to be subversive and, um, putting hidden stuff into everything, you know, like, like children thinking they're getting away with something. Right. And, uh, we did. We got away with a lot of little cool stuff. Um, you know, and then uh, if you wanted to fake out people, I just, people's tongues were hanging out to see this Rolling Stones show. That's all anybody could talk about back then. God,
3: yeah.
0: And, uh, so we held a contest, and and it wasn't a phony contest. You would really win, but one day I came up with the idea, why don't we give away dinner with the Stones? No. And so um, the winner won, we, I mean, the person who won... Um, Won these tickets, but we didn't have tickets to see the Rolling Stones. We we just arranged a dinner between them and a, and this family we found in the stone in the phone book, the Stones. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, dinner with, with the Stones,
0: Mrs. Stone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so the winner was very happy about that, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, but um, but I mean after radio, um, after the Stern Show, I mean it was it was kind of played rough in there, you know, and uh, and uh, you know, I mean, I just. Uh, went with it the rhythms of that particular show were of a certain pace where you know you you, you did or died you know it's like it was a tough room you had to go yeah. over in that room or you were dead so uh, uh, then I, I started working with Nickelodeon I, I auditioned for some stuff and and the first thing I got with them was a show called Doug oh
3: yeah, oh, yeah. Doug. Oh, yeah.
0: and Doug was um you know painfully average 11 and a half year old. <laughs> And uh, this is my dog, Poichop. <laughs> and this is Roger Quatt. Hey, I'm running to office, this funny. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, vote for this. And um, oh, you know, the, all those voices, those high-pitched, cloying, annoying, genderless <laughs> voices. <laughs> and um, and then at the very same time, Nick was gonna, doing another show called Ren and Stimpy, and um, I auditioned for that. And. I was going to do both roles originally, but um, the pro- the producer of the show decided that he was going to do uh, the Ren voice, and so I did uh, Stimpy, which was based. It was an amped up um, sort of uh, drugged out sort of Larry Fine, you know, like Larry Fine on bath salt, because <laughs> <laughs> you know, the real Larry would be like, you know, it don't sound very fair to me, you know, and then uh, Stimpy would be like joy you know he'd be like super happy larry because you couldn't have um like him sound the cartoon sound like a depressed old jewish guy it just kind of wouldn't work right right and uh and so that's how that came about and then eventually i did ren after the guy got fired from his show but the thing was he and i were not like partners or anything you know i was a hired gun and Mm -hmm. uh he wanted me to leave when he got fired, and it was like using me to fight his battles, you know, oh, that I'd God. have to somehow have the cachet to get him back on, but
2: it didn't work like that, not in the real world. Whose idea was it to, to for Ren to sound uh, pretty much like, well, kind of a Peter Laurie?
0: Well, the guy that created the character um, originally wanted me to do it, and he gave me a tape of all these different influences. You know, um, he wound up doing it, but originally, before we were going to do it he gave me a tape of uh, oh I don't know old Peter Laurie clips and uh, uh, Burl Ives oh yeah you know stab huge you know that, that, <laughs> you know that you know this big daddy <laughs> yes I mean, like a dog he's going to die to die like a dog <laughs> you know and all that cool old stuff and, uh, and there was also uh, Kirk Douglas in it mixed in you know that real real emphatic uh, oh god what was it like from Detective Story I don't know if you ever saw that oh yeah with Kirk us, I hate
3: criminals <laughs> <laughs> I hate criminals <laughs>
0: and that was in I can't eat this
3: shop! <laughs> <laughs> I remember
0: I remember and, yeah it was a great movie but I mean I'm a, you know we, that's kind of we saw those movies Those uh, those movies were only about let's see what Twenty years old when we first saw them on TV. Yeah, yeah. movies from the forties.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's about
0: right. You know, I mean, God, there's not that much time. What well, was really kind of tell people like what was the fifties like? Was it Fonzie and um, you know and Chuck Berry? And I go, no, this is white America, Detroit, Michigan. It was Pat Boone. Yeah, Rosemary Clooney.
3: Right.
0: It was the whitest cracker music that you, <laughs> that you ever heard in your life.
3: Is that in the window?
0: You know, they're going, yeah, but I thought it was like, you know, we'll be rocking on bandstand. You know, and it was no, it wasn't like that at all. But um, but the thing was, is that they did show old movies all the time on TV, and uh, you know, you you were just you absorbed it all.
2: I think it was one of one of great things for me. So so Andy and Alex are. When Ren and Stimpy started, what are you talking about? Six and four years old, something like that? Nineteen ninety one. So yeah, so you were five and you were five and three actually when Ren oh and god. Stimpy started. But what was great for us as the parents, when Ren and Stimpy would, would talk, I would know, you know, where the inspiration came from, being, you know, at that time, so I'm in my late thirties, right? Yeah. So I'm going, Oh my god, it's Peter Laurie, it's Larry Fine, how this is a magnificent and my kids just thought, hey, it's Ren and Stimpy, you well, know? yeah,
0: you know what? Kids think that everything old is brand new. Yep. Right. Yeah. Bring yeah. it around. I mean, so did I. You know, when I was a kid and, and somebody on TV went, uh, oh, how you like that? <laughs> you know, and I'd say, boy, that's funny. Boy, that character's cool. Meanwhile, this guy is ripping off um, a 1940s radio personality. Right. Yeah. Named Harry Einstein. He was um, Albert Brooks's father. Right. And uh, he had a character named Parkia Carcass, uh-huh. the Greek diner owner. And he would go, oh, oh you like that? <laughs> you know, meanwhile, I had just thought it was funny just because. And so now kids see clips of Curly from the Three Stooges, and they think that Curly stole Dr. Zoidberg's noises.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Nice>. yeah. <laughs> Young lady, bring me a sandwich from the dumpster. Bring <laughs> your know,
3: on it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm struggling <laughs> Billy
2: you're never alone
0: it's <laughs> wonderful Futurama, um, yeah, of course um, which, which is, I'm still doing it I, I thought it was the, me the most fun thing I've ever done in my life I loved it because of the writing and even if I had nothing to do with it I would have uh, absolutely loved it because of the the, the the I don't know the, the onions the multiple layers of, of stuff going on and um, I got to do Philip J. Fry, which is basically what I sounded like um, when I was 25. <laughs> you know, I was just whiny. I was whiny. I broke a string. <laughs> not <laughs> you know what I'm to do? I remember it sounding like that, sort of plain vanilla, and, uh, and he was the perfect voice. Plus, I did it because I know that it's really hard to imitate somebody's real voice.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: You know, if you're doing a character, that's easy to grab onto, but... Um, and Professor Hubert Farnsworth was—he uh, was like a combination of all doddering wizards and magicians and um, cranky old men. You know, good news, everyone, bad news.
3: <laughs> That's awesome. Zep
0: Brannigan was a—he uh, was sort of an amalgam of all the radio guys I came up with really early on. That loved uh, far and away, above everything else in the world, the sound of their own voice. Yes, yeah. yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. Keep my balls in a wheelbarrow and uh, yeah, <laughs> sit down uh, 25, uh, 7 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they're always like, I'm, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like the hamburger helper of words, you know, because these guys would swing with every pitch. They didn't believe in any kind of silence. It was like death for them. Right. Meanwhile, there's so much grandeur in silence, taking your choosing your moments and you don't have to fill air every second like I'm doing right now. <laughs> you know, but um, you know these these guys are like, yeah, yeah. Coming to the Wooster Centrum yeah. and and I thought so Jeff Branigan would be kinda like that, you know, I mean he, he just like he's a big bag of hot air and, and he's got that big sonorous voice and he, you know uh, you know it's like uh, Kiss the men. I've made it with a woman.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I got to tell you, Billy, how many people when I told them, uh, "Hey, we're going to have Billy West has agreed to be." Well, first of all, Catherine came to me and said, "Billy West has agreed to be on 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 the podcast."
3: Do you believe it? Oh, come on!
2: And Andy, our son, Andy's twenty six. Andy, you should talk to Billy because he's your hero.
3: Oh, Oh, that puts him on the spot.
0: Thank you for that. You want to be in this business? You're going into a business of what, uh, uh, 95% unemployment? (laughs) Uh, Your job is looking for work? (laughs) You know, hey, welcome. There's always room for someone else. I'm just saying. (laughs) No, no, I'm very encouraging because every day there's a different new form of media being invented. That's true. You know, like even the servers are going to have content. Yeah. You know, like Google yeah. and Netflix and all I mean, they're going to create content, and you're, they're always going to need somebody, you know, to to announce or, or to perform or whatever. I mean, uh, you know, the world didn't end for me because they won't let
2: guys like me be in animated movies. They've got to have celebrities. Yeah, what is that, Billy? I mean, if you don't mind me jumping in quickly.
0: Because they get some notion that it puts asses in the seats, and there's no evidence yeah. of it, really, no. that... You know, I mean, I remember when I went to see uh, what was it? The uh, there was a French cartoon, and it was about these three old sisters and um, French something. Um, gosh, the sisters of of Belleville or oh. something like that. You could look it up. And looking it up one right one, now. It won all the awards in it. And <laughs> Santa, <clears throat> Disney and and everything else, and it was this just. Totally quality piece of work, and it didn't have one voice in it, which meant there was no celebrities in it. Right. Um, And I thought, well, see, someone wanted to create art. If you, like, you know, I I don't, I don't give a rat's ass about celebrities. To tell you the truth, I really don't. I, I, I try to be the hero (laughs) of my own world because of the way I grew up, and uh, so there was. I didn't look up to anybody to tell you the truth, but artists were my heroes. You know what I mean? They weren't celebrities.
2: No, I understand that completely. Yeah, artists,
0: painters, uh, the, the innovators, you know, the Renaissance people, they were my heroes. Musicians, uh, great musicianship. Um, and so I thought, well, that's, that's what I really want to do. It's like you, I can't not do it. I mean, I, you know, I could say, yeah, I don't know, it looks a little daunting, but, you know, this hand would grab you and take you with it, and you know that feeling.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: to sort of do or die, you know. And uh, so celebrities doing voices, I mean, it wasn't the end of the world for me. I just was angry because there's 19-year-old little firebrands running around out there that are loaded with talent. or are spitting out characterizations and voices, and I've seen them. And they won't get a chance to ever do anything like
1: that. That's sad. The kids don't care if they're celebrity voices either. They no. don't even That's, recognize you know,
0: it. I always felt like that. And you are a kid, so tell me. <laughs> well, no, 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 especially I think you're kids. right.
3: Did you find out the name of that movie? The...
1: Yeah, the Triplets of Belleville.
3: That's
0: oh. it. Good yeah, job. I mean, if you haven't seen it, you ought to see it. You'll be just—it'll charm the pants off of you, and you'll say, "I do not don't hear any celebrities. I don't hear any, you know." And—and and here's my thing about this is the last I'll say about this because it just sounds like I'm bitching, but I'm not. No, you're you know, I are. Mean, I, I work <laughs> ten hours a day. Um, <laughs> But I, like I said, I feel bad for people that that idolize the, the position that that people like me and all my pals are in, and, and like God, I want to do that so bad. And I hear this passion, and I, I go, yes, there is a place for you, but you know, it won't be in any of those movies unless you go win an Emmy and an Oscar, and then you're, then you can go try out for a cartoon as yourself. Right. You know, I mean, they draw the character who look like you. It's supposed to sound like you. And I don't know from that world. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't have that luxury. And when I come in the door, all these producers are sitting there with their eyes looking up at you like, we got a bar of lead on the table. Can you turn it to gold before you leave? <laughs> right. You know? and, and then there's alchemy. That's what makes something magic. If, you know, the celebrity comes in and there's a bar of lead on the table and they do their thing and they leave and it's still a bar of lead, if you ask me. Right. Yeah, because nothing has changed. There's no uh, alchemy, like I said.
3: Yeah, well, they did that with the commercial industry, too, the commercial voiceover industry, too.
0: Well, they, their thinking there was they wanted somebody who's, who sounded somehow subliminally familiar.
3: Right. Right.
0: And, uh, but, I mean, in, in spite of that nonsense, um, you know, I mean, I kept going and going and going because um, I never lost my passion for it. I never did. I never got jaded. I'll audition for anything. If you want to work, you've got to audition. People go, you got to audition? I say, yeah, of course. You know, I, I have that journeyman mentality, that immigrant mentality. Not... I'm sure, Tom, that you know what that means when somebody says that. No, it's exactly. And our dads. And, you know, they had to work like 18 hours a day. and And now they look down and it's like, you know, you had a chance to work. 20 hours a day and you didn't
2: take it? (laughs) Yes, exactly. What are you, effed up? (laughs) You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust, who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. And tell him his his guy Tom sent you.
1: Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser.
2: The only <laughs> guy, the only guy doing twenty hours a day in, in voiceover now is Morgan Freeman. That's about it.
1: Oh really? <laughs> I, uh, Seems
2: like it. You know, it was so Sorry. interesting to hear I you talk.
0: Have to make water.
2: <laughs> <laughs> to hear you talking about you know these the celebrities being all that you know Eddie Murphy's the donkey and whatever.
0: Actually, he's good because these guys. I have to qualify this: Robin Williams, Mike Myers, and um, yeah, oh Eddie Murphy. and those guys they understand characters. You know. No, no I, I, that, that's they very true. Disembodied voices that have nothing to do with who and what you are.
2: But I had a, I had a, this magnificent run from about. 1977 till about 1995, probably somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And when I first started in voiceover, commercial voiceover, the um, the actors thought it was beneath them to do commercials.
0: Oh boy, you're not kidding.
2: Remember that? They, oh, oh
0: God, I was a uh, I was at a casting place in New York, and um, sitting up there, I forget who it was, but you know the thing in New York, it's like the elevator door would open to a hallway and. They- 200 dudes sitting there to read a radio spot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I'd be like, oh, shit. You know, I mean, I should just, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably in the wrong place or something, but this was the place. And and getting in the radio was a hell of an electronic business card because it allowed me to audition for Madison Avenue four hours every morning. Right. You know, and so that was kind of like cutting the line, Um, which, you know, I, I... I was in a hurry. I mean, I had, I had wasted so much time drinking and drugging years earlier that I was, um, you know, I was just like overcompensating in my, my, uh, my inertia to, to just make things go forward. And uh, I'm sitting up there one day with some stuffy Broadway actor type, and um, it was ridiculous. I mean, he was making these noises. He's sitting next to me, and he's reading the copy. And he's got the ascot on and the bush jacket. (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, the actor costume. (laughs) <laughs> know, 50 pockets. That I understand now that I'm 60 years old, the 50 pockets thing, because you got to carry visine and
2: uh, aspirin and you know, nasal, nasal spray. spray and- <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true.
0: But I look very boyish.
2: Yeah, you are. You, you look very. I just saw a, a picture of you. As a matter of fact, you look very, very young. Um, that's because I've been a vegan for 18 years and I work out. Wow. Yeah. I swear to you
0: that had everything to do with it. I looked older 30 years ago. Than I do
3: now. Well, you know and that'll and happen.
0: Say, well, you don't eat meat. You don't eat chicken. You don't eat fish. You don't have any dairy. You don't eat cheese. What, what the hell do you eat? And I go. I carry around a box of bird chow. <laughs>
2: Purina. Purina. No, bird <laughs> Mountain. Yeah, oh. Hearts Mountain. It had to be Hearts Mountain. <laughs> there's, plenty, there's plenty to uh, to eat. Believe
0: me, vegan cooking and there's all substitutes and and uh, I you know yesterday I had this. It's physical. You know, this is this is like old guy talk. So I had my physical yesterday. Yes. And the doctor, you know, they took me up to the EKG, and I was doing a stress test. And I have been working out, and she knows that my target heart rate for an old geezer should be like 125. Yes. So I'm going along, and she said, just, you know, you're doing okay? You're feeling okay? I said, if, if I get up to 140, my heart isn't going to start sweating. Right. She said, what do you mean? I said, I get it up to 165. And she was like, "Um, no, you should talk to a doctor about that. And I said, you know, don't worry about it. And so we're on there, and I get it up to 160, and, you know, I'm not winded, and it's like it feels so good to be able to do that. I couldn't do that 35 years ago. And uh, she she thought the equipment was broken. (laughs) <laughs> she was like, and another guy said this, too. Another heart uh, examined, examination guy was like, you know, whatever it is you're doing, just keep doing it. Okay. <laughs> I said, really? Said, yes, you have the heart of a 19-year-old. Wow. And I bet you do, too, in the trunk of your car. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you work in the room, you're doing the voices, yeah, you got yeah, the I heart know, rate up to 160. Work.
0: Uh, yeah, so... Um, um yeah gosh, um, I was I was talking about uh, Gosh, I, I, I sidetracked
2: just going to the doctor. No, this is great. this is such an open forum you yeah. oh, know I, I, I knew you'd we were really looking, looking forward to this interview because like if anybody is gonna no, nobody in my family will interrupt you and not gonna ask you silly ass stupid goddamn questions or anything like that I...
0: well, it's great. it's the kind of interview uh, that you like because, uh, you don't have to just like crowd in a bunch of talking points and, right? Uh, you know, I mean, it's usually like ten minutes. Yeah, and th- they've signed off while you're still talking, <laughs> yeah. or you're promoting something. Gotta yeah. go, Billy West. That's uh, the DVDs are coming up on what, December seventeenth? Okay, All right. <laughs> Billy West, everybody. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, we just uh, we do commentary, and it's like. Brrr.
2: <laughs> oh man! It, you should honestly I do got.
0: telephones in case you need any, in case you know anybody that needs a telephone. Well, <laughs> we
2: probably do a dial tone. Yeah, a dial tone, good old fashioned. Yeah, dial tone. exactly. Did you no, no, just re? Going back to the uh, to the movies for one second. Mm-hmm. Um, when you would go, so you'd go on auditions for these movie roles in the in these animated features. Yes. Um, I just want if you had the same experience. I said I did voiceover a lot a voiceover from 77 to 95. Yes. And what happened to me at the end of my career, and I'll still once in a while do a, like a Home Depot somewhere, whatever. Sure. Um, but toward the end of my, my really, really hot career, I would go do an audition and I would get a call from somebody at the agency. They say, well, it's down to three guys. It's you, Paul Newman and Morgan Freeman. I mean, Uh, Oh, I'm (laughs) fucked.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, not necessarily.
2: Well, I suppose you're right.
0: Believe it or not. Um, Back then, the time you're talking about, those guys had no interest, like you said. No, they didn't. They looked down their noses at it. The voice people were the redheaded headed bastard stepchildren of the industry. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, absolutely. You
0: know I mean? It was like uh, when I did Space Jam, which was a half-animated feature with Michael Jordan. I did Bugs Bunny, and I did Elmer Fudd, and... And I got to meet Michael Jordan, the closest thing to a religious figure that we have. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, I got it out of him one carrot at a time, a million carrots for that movie. Yes. Um, so anyway, um, you know, we went to the premiere, and one of the voice artists called me up. Um, Porky Pig calls me up. Okay. <laughs> His name is Bob Bergen, and he's this really, really facile, versatile, talented guy, voice artist. And uh, he said, "Hit this. We're not being invited to the main uh, Groman's Chinese Theater. We're going to go to the little theater next door for the premiere." I go, what, "What do you mean? What are you talking about?" She said, "He said I called over there, and the woman said." Um, you know, when I asked her, are we going to the Gromans? the Gromans Chinese Theater? And she said, oh, no, that's for the actors.
1: Oh, oh God, man. God. You're oh, not God. on the list.
0: You guys go over to the part of the pool where people piss. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: I mean, that's basically what it was like. <laughs>
3: Not a bunch of snobby jerks.
2: It's pretty much true. You do go through all that work, and it's like, no, you're not allowed to come to the same theater because you're not an actor. How
0: about if you were around in the 70s, remember everybody was putting Blaupunkt radios sure. in their BMWs and stuff? Sure. Yeah. And then... <laughs> You, you're slaving over a hot mic all morning long, and you go out on the street, and it's afternoon, and you go by a car, and it says no radio.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, in New York City, that'll happen. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: I mean, but you're wondering after a while, who am I talking to? Everybody, nobody's got a radio in their car because people are stealing them.
2: <laughs> well, they were. I mean, that, were. literally, we lived at 20th Street and 2nd Avenue. And as you'd walk through that whole area and then over by Gramercy Park and all the rest of it, every single car parked had a sign that said, no radio. It's yeah, funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <true>. It's ironic. <laughs> um, yeah, they had those
3: quick release ones where you could take it with you. Take to it with work. you. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: I, um, I know that uh, radio sort of reinvented itself. Um, it's kind of a, like a right wing
2: sort of thing. Well, they're and getting so- killed now, though. I'm sorry? I said, they're getting killed because of, of the way Arbitron measures it now at PPM. Yeah. Right-wing talk radio gets crushed in the ratings.
0: Well, it's not the team to be on, you know. It's like, no. It's like the 1980s Detroit Tigers or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. the ball, line up. You know, in the dugout, uh, Al Rantel or whoever the hell they are. <laughs> you know. uh, yeah. On deck now is uh, Sean Hannity. Yeah. He's had a bad year.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> went back. Shortstop.
2: Yeah, that's uh that's it's, an it's interesting word.
0: Tigers of nineteen eighty five, I think. Yeah, nineteen
2: eighty five that was it was that eighty five the year the Tigers went thirty five and five to start the season. Oh my god. Uh I don't, I don't know. know. It was just it it was abysmal. <laughs> Oh, no, no, I was talking about the year they won the World Series. Oh, no, I'm
0: talking about the year like, they were just like, they weren't anywhere. They weren't in safe distance of the World Series.
2: Oh, God. Well, there's a lot of years for both the Twins and the Tigers on okay, that let's, lot.
0: Let's let's get out of the baseball. <laughs> <laughs> okay. the facts aren't right
2: we'll, just, we'll move along. I don't even know how to Google baseball stats. I don't know you don't? About, no. <laughs> I wow.
1: just Googled Detroit Tigers, and I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page, and I'm like, what?
0: Yeah, they're never gonna
1: do that. Took him to the zoo.
0: I used to drive a delivery truck and I was <laughs> never that big on sports but I loved the announcers, you know. <laughs> In Boston we had Johnny Most who was yeah. so pro Boston it was not funny. He's this old guy and he had this low voice, you know. Larry Bird, Larry Bird has the ball. That's that Bill <laughs> Lambert, that's Steve Adore. <laughs> You know, he was so pro Boston and then I used to drive a truck. I remember um, I didn't go to college. I went to one semester at Berkeley School of Music. It wasn't even a college, you know. And That was that, but I was driving a truck, and I had a baseball bat. Not for hurting anybody. Right, yeah. sure. No, not for hurting anybody. And, uh, and I would <laughs> drive down the beach, you know, and I would bat rocks into the ocean and call the plays and stuff. Well, like, that's... You're... You know, there was really nothing to do back then. I didn't have any money, and I'd be like, you know, looking for that Gendry fastball... <laughs>
2: You know? <laughs> but that's how you built your career. I mean, that's exactly—you had to do it for yourself before you did it for anybody else. You know
0: what? It was—it was a compulsion. There, it was not yeah. like I could help it. No, it's like—it's like, it's like kind of never growing up. You know, in school, the teacher would go, "Can you help it?" You know, <laughs> "Can we not do that?" I said, like, "What do you mean?" It's called being a kid. Right. You know, and uh, I think. Like I said, because I was so stifled all the time that uh, I was dying to express myself and uh, contribute or just be part of something. That's what I really wanted, to bring something to the table and try to, you know, make a difference.
3: If you'd been growing up today, they might have put you on Ritalin and maybe you never would have gotten anywhere.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, My mom, she was afraid, I I was very short, very small, petite kind of kid and I'm, you know, I get chipped. Somehow I was I was five foot six in high school and uh and I just had that physical I told you about the other day and uh I said, Let's see how tall you are and I said, Oh, about five foot six and he goes You're five foot four <laughs> <laughs> And and it's because the cartilage in my knees I had some real serious problems, you know, where they were grinding away all the Oh days. yeah, yeah. And uh I'll be damned if two inches of it didn't disappear somewhere. Yeah. Maybe a disc, you know, shortened or yeah. whatever. But I used to think that was a riot, you know, that that uh, they'd say, oh, no, no, you get smaller when you get older. And I said, yeah.
2: That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. You weren't you know, so
0: buying the it? The set in place after all those many years. And, oh, no.
2: No, I well, went through the uh, same thing. Uh, what? I went from six, one and a half to six feet tall even. Like I said, I'm about a year younger than you are. same thing happened to me. Isn't that funny? It's weird. It's like... You know
0: what this is? It's like people listening in on a nursing home (laughs) port. This
2: part is. Actually, this part of it is. I'm shrinking. Nursing home (laughs) port. My
0: hernia scar. Look, what a good job they did. What I really enjoyed earlier,
2: when you talked about going in for your physical set, you you said it just like this. I went in for a physical yesterday. (laughs) You became an old Jewish man because you went in for your physical.
0: Well, you know what it was? All those guys loved Myron Cohen. Oh, God, yeah. You know, for people who don't know, and of course you don't know, um, uh, he was a storyteller, and he was was, uh, Yiddish bent, Yiddish sort of dramatics when he was telling a story, except he was very, very funny.
2: Yeah tonight show
0: It's not a question. You know, like talking like a rabbi, you know, should that you laugh at these things. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I, I get everything from everywhere. Everything went into the percolator. There was nothing I didn't uh, like or, or absorb or, you know, bad and good. I mean, it it, it was just uh, input.
2: Yeah, and you made this wonderful life of it. That's the, See, that's the great thing. You started out. You felt like shit every day. I'm, I'm oh, sure, every day. <laughs> I'm sure that you really feel great around the holidays, because uh, I know when the holidays approach, I get nuts.
0: Oh, the holidays, you know what? I, I don't feel so bad. You know, it's like um, my Christmases were pure hell on earth back right. in Detroit, and I don't want to belabor that stuff. But um, I got to kind of not care about the whole... The, the external aspects of Christmas. I mean, I thought about spiritually. I thought, well, what does this all mean to me? You know, I mean, um, I believe in a higher power. I I was raised Catholic. I had the, the Catholic stuff shoved down my throat. I knew the mass in Latin. I was an altar
2: Sure, boy. absolutely.
0: You know, and you know, so don't tell me. I probably know more about religion than most people. The people that consider themselves religious. But I saw a lot of holy hijinks going on.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know back you
0: backstage.
2: You know? This is a direct quote, actually, because yeah, I was an altar boy for one week. Oh boy! When nice. I was when I was you in seventh. Bony fingers on your knees. Tell me you didn't. <laughs> no, 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 no bony fingers. <laughs> Hello, my son.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll tell you exactly yeah. what it that
3: is. Don't uh, tell anybody.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, you know, on Palm Sunday, <laughs> pre-cum. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like it. Really. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> on Palm Sunday, you had to come home from mass with the, with a palm, obviously, right? Right. So we didn't. My friends and I decided we weren't going to mass on on Palm Sunday. So we knew we had to go into the church and get a palm. So it looked like we went to mass. Right. Okay. We're standing up in the sacristy and looking at all these palms, and there were four of us. And this is a direct quote. Now this is four seventh grade boys, right? Hmm. And my friend looks at me and says, "Well, all I have left are the fucked up ones." <laughs> <laughs> and, I tu- and I turned around, and the Monsignor was standing right oh, behind me.
3: Oh, Monsignor.
0: Oh,
2: my God, Billy. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's funny. Oh.
3: Did you get your ears so, back? I
0: mean, that, that yeah. really does wonders for your, your sense of the wonder of Christmas <laughs> and all that stuff. I mean, I, I was uh, in parochial school, and it was all nuns, and they yep. were so wound tight. And uh, they had old paintings in those old uh, convents. Yeah. Like real old oil paintings that somehow, you know, they got a hold of. I mean, God loves good art. He loves great real estate. I know that. Sure. You know, pick the best place, the best outlook overhang that looks at the ocean, and, and God wants that. There's the church there, you know. Oh, he just
2: loves it. No question. Well, ha-
0: so, well God's smart. So, so I was um, looking at this painting in the hallway, and it was the creation, not the creation, it was Adam and Eve. And, yeah. and I'm staring at it, and I, I actually appreciated art. I was one of those kids that wanted to draw, and I was interested. And she was like, What are you looking at? You know, and I was I'm
3: looking at this painting. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, what of it? You know, it's like no intellectual curiosity, no pathetic, uh, you know desire to help me understand something. You know, nothing. What are you looking so, at? So um I said, I I. You know, it's just very interesting. Really, what's interesting? I said, well, God created, you know, Adam. He fashioned Adam from a hundred pounds of the clay of the earth. That's right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you
0: know, like that. What you know? What question is there about that? And, you know, like someone was there, you know, chronicling it. And uh, and I said, yeah. And so so then he he fashioned him in his own image and likeness. Yeah, and he and he. And then suddenly the clay took human form. Yes, and I, and I said. So he, and then he took Adam's piece of Adam's rib and he created Eve. That's right. Well, you know what's your problem? And I said, well, why do they have belly buttons? <laughs> And his was like a steaming tea kettle. It practically exploded. Right. Yeah, because every painting, they had these beautiful innies.
2: Sure. You the know? innies, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, da
0: Vinci, everybody, he put, he put them, you know, that was his little wink. He, <laughs> yeah. he was, like, Da Vinci was this gay blade, you know, that was up in the 15th chapel, on, you know, or whatever, the, uh, you know, on the scaffold yeah. for 16 years. But, I mean, there was little hijinks going on there and everything and the religious people knew it but they said to him look we got to sell this pig <laughs>
3: yeah, so make it look Like
0: there's a heaven, <laughs> you know make it make it really look like there is a place where god lives and uh and he did it but yeah. these guys you know the church paid them and they they had the time of their life you know they said oh he was suffering up there and everything but no not exactly you know he had company he had company. Yes, yeah, you true. guys got up there, <laughs> Billy. <laughs> That's a great but, you know, I mean, that whole business is like—it just knocked all the joy of anything out of me. Um, that the constant, you know, uh, like your 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 soul is being held over the pit of hell, you know, like a loathsome insect <laughs> and, at God's discretion, and it's like—I mean, I was afraid enough, you know. Of yeah. And now I got to worry about the, you know, the the celestial or the supernatural or whatever, the religious. (laughs) and So, you know, Christmas, I don't feel so bad. You know, I'm like going, I I don't really care about this. I'm not going out there, and I'm not going to fight for my life for a parking space and get into it with people. (laughs) But I realize these people don't give a shit about Christmas any more than I do. (laughs) Right. They really don't. I mean, that they're willing to kill someone over a parking space. (laughs) Yeah. They don't care about whatever the meaning of Christmas is.
2: Well, no, they just had a slugfest over the new Air Jordans. This is true. <laughs>
0: really, the yeah, new really? Air Jordans. Yeah, and people are getting worse. Yeah, they you are. Tell me, they love Christmas more than ever. I don't <sighs> think so.
2: Nike you're right.
0: You know, I mean, I hate to be so, you know, a downer about it, but but uh, believe me, I did come from a very religious background, and you know, so I kind of I know both sides. Of things. And and, hey, if you want to enjoy stuff, I mean, I truly did believe in Santa Claus till I was 10. Yeah. Yeah, my mom really kept it a secret. My mom was a a very great person, still is, you know. Uh, She's the one that saved me from becoming, you know, like a mass murderer or something. (laughs) Right. You know, I had this unerodible core that was installed or instilled from her example. And um, so it wasn't all too terribly bad. I mean, I. uh, Grew up basically with a mom as a
2: parent, and
0: and women have always been my best teachers. I can tell you that, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we have that in common as well. My m- yes, that's the thing. I'm not married, you know.
0: I was, but when I'm in Europe and I'm doing these shows or signing autographs and stuff, the girls give you their Skype addresses.
2: Please, yeah, that's right. And they and do now, don't they?
0: I'll go home, and we'll Skype. I'll be Skyping a particular woman for like. I don't know, two three months, and I'll say, you know, we've been window shopping each other for all this time. Why don't we just meet somewhere? And you know what? They they met me. A couple of them, it's like I said. I just want to have a good time. I want an adventure. I don't want to go down the street and go to a movie and have a you know a full Italian dinner at the Olive Garden. So <laughs> <It's laughs> romantic. But that that's an Italian restaurant, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, you know what I mean. And uh, but it's like. It's an adventure. I go to an. I'll go to another country. I get to see things and and uh, and hang out with somebody that always, you know, kind of turns out to be great.
2: It's a that's a wonderful thing. So your mother's still alive. Yes. God, you're so lucky.
0: Yeah, I know it. Believe me, I I call her up. I wish I could be there all the time. She's in Boston, but I said, you know what? Yeah. You're coming out here where I can keep an eye on you out to California.
2: How old is she now? She's uh, eighty. She's eight. She's only eighty. Well, that's good. Yeah, but you know what? She doesn't have a wrinkle. Really? <laughs> really?
3: She vegan? Yeah.
2: I think I got a lot from her. Yeah, yeah. You think you probably did? Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah,
0: you know, also a, a a morality code of some sort. Do you have brothers and sisters? I have. Uh, I had uh, one brother. He passed on, but I have my youngest brother is out here uh, where I am, and. Uh, You know, I kind of take care of them.
2: Well, that's nice. That's nice of you.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I just got to keep an eye on them for all intents and purposes. When we left Detroit, I was the man of the house since I was 10 years old.
2: Yeah, same story.
0: Yeah, that funny.
2: That is so bizarre that you and I met on this podcast because mm-hmm. I could sit and talk to you for about ten hours. I mean, at ten years, it was ten years old, and I, I you know, we're keeping you way too long. But and maybe you know, you did you know
0: this- what I, I, I said, you know, to, to the public that I said, listen,
2: I don't, I don't want to talk to anybody for more than fifteen minutes
0: because it's that usual. You know, dithering you know, we got a There's a great wren. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. God. I got stuff to plug here, Junior.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's exactly it. Exactly. but the thing was is I was that guy. You know, years ago in radio. Yeah, yeah. I don't have some, They'd have some big shot on us like I don't know if you ever heard of Billy West and I'd be like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you brought joy to me. I tell you, in this family, you brought joy to two generations. I can guarantee you oh, that. Oh, man, that's, that's just so great to hear that. It, it is really a fact. Is. I mean,
0: to me, uh, laughter, honest to God, it's a lifesaver. Oh, gosh, you know, there's been so many times when I have talked to kids that were really, really sick and, uh, you know, just fooling around and, and you know, making them be aware that there's some sense of madness and magic and all kinds of other stuff that they can't see or put their hands on but but it's there yeah and um and they asked me like what did you do when you were my age and I said I was a sickly kid <laughs> <laughs> I with black eyes you know oh
2: that's oh, terrible, God. I will what tell you-
0: happened? I caught a pitch <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, uh, I'll close with this story. You, you, you talk about doing... Is uh,
0: this too? No No! Billy, no, really? no, no so it's,
2: it's been great, actually. Got it. We'd love to have you come back you again.
0: Say, Will you shut up, you little monkey! <laughs> <laughs> He's a monkey! I'd like a couple of hamburgers, please, and uh, make them raw.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Turn us forward, man.
2: I'm out in. Uh, Ernest uh, Borgnine? Ernest is Borgnine. Isn't that the name? Oh, Ernest the, Ernest didn't Borgnine? he sound like that a oh, little Catherine. bit? Didn't no, he sound like what?
3: that? What did he say? He said, too. Sweet, do? sweet mom.
2: Ernest Borgnine. Didn't
3: he sound like that? Didn't he have that voice? <laughs>
2: yeah. Billy, my wife has lost he her mind. Oh
3: my God. Ernest
0: Borgnine? She didn't
1: he sound Bern. like that a little no, bit? No, it was not no. Ernest no. Borgnine.
0: Who am I thinking? I used to watch Michael's <laughs> Navy. He was like, holy jumping Hannah Chuck!
3: Okay, who am I thinking of?
2: Who Peter,
1: knows?
3: Peter Laurie. Peter Laurie. I'm sorry. Okay.
2: She's lost it, Billy. like, quintessential screaming angry maniacs. Or something. I think it's, the year I'm talking is 1982. I think it was 82.
0: One yeah,
2: 1982 for 20, Alex. I'm <laughs> I'm out in Los Angeles at Buzzies. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so, I'm going down, you know, that long hallway they got. Or I didn't even know, is Buzzy still there? Yes, it is. Oh, Jesus. you yeah, the long hallway there? Yep. So, I'm coming down the hallway, and Mel Blanc is coming up the other way.
0: Oh, wow. And
2: I'd never met him. And I said, hello, Mr. Blank. And he said, yeah, kid, I know. It's great to meet me. Okay, that's pretty funny. It was wonderful. he was on automatic pilot at that point. He was indeed. But he was very very nice. It was just, yeah, I know. It's good to meet me. Yeah, I was like, let's get this over with, shall we?
0: Yeah, I I think he probably forgets the impact that he had on guys like you and me. Oh, huge. I mean, I did meet him. Um, It's a funny story. I... I went to this old hall this old college lecture hall at Clark University in Worcester it was wooden you know old and uh, I happened to catch in the paper in the 80s that Mel Blanc was going to be there doing a voice and slideshow meaning he would show slides of the characters you know and uh, we didn't have DVDs you know it was either that or film and um, and there he was on stage and I'm watching and he did all these great fantastic things and and then at the end, he said, uh, if you want to get an autograph, uh, just make a line over here, if you would, you know, and, uh, right. so I got up and I started body slamming little kids, <laughs> into the board like a hockey player <laughs> and he caught me and he said, could you let the little kids go first? You know, it was oh. like he was yelling at me you know. <laughs> and I felt like, oh my God, but I finally go up and, and he signed for me and, uh. It was like when I shook his hand, I, I I can never stop saying this. I only liken it to that painting of the creation where, you know, God is sort of reaching down with his index finger. Yeah, and yeah. This little man is standing there, you know, uh, pointing his index finger upward, hoping to get some of that DNA, you know.
2: <laughs> yes, I understand.
0: But, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've been really lucky. I've met almost, well, all my heroes. Guys like Jackson Beck. Oh, yeah. You know. Who was Pluto um, in the Popeye cartoons, mm-hmm. but he was also at Little Caesar's Pizzas. <laughs> yes. You know, he, was, <laughs> he was a great announcer. And, uh, you know, and I met Stan Freeberg out here, and I met Les Paul. You know, I was a musician, and he was one oh, of my right, heroes. Right. Jeff right. Beck knew who I was. I was like, I almost fell over. Everybody
2: knows who you are, Billy.
0: Oh, man, I don't assume that,
2: believe me. we got to have you back on the podcast again really yeah, I soon. I love
0: that. I really enjoyed this. I, you, I can't thank you
2: enough for uh, having me on. You are, as I said at the very beginning of the in- interview, you're a legend. Oh, and my God. It's <laughs> so exciting for, for our children to, to be on the show with you today. Wow. Well, Yay. Billy, we'll talk soon. You have been incredible. Thank oh. you, sir. Thanks a million. Thanks. You're the best. Bye, everybody.
3: Bye.
0: <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody. The final
2: word. and gentlemen. Geez,
3: he's got a million voices just right oh, no. in front of his face. Nice, amazing. Wonderful.
2: Click on the Amazon banner at tombernardpodcast.com and buy all of your gifts through our site. It doesn't cost you a penny more to shop through our site. And of course, your proceeds goes to Smile Network. Click shop and support the show. Shop online through the Amazon banner at tombernardpodcast.com. A portion of the profits of the Tom Bernard podcast goes directly to the Smile Network. The Smile Network is a nonprofit organization that provides life-altering, reconstructive surgeries, related health care services to impoverished children and young adults in developing countries. The Smile Network, together we are constructing lives one bright, smiling face at a time. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Tom
1: Barnard Podcast. You had a great... Follow Tom on Twitter, at Radio Tom Barnard.
0: What? Did we just become best friends. Yep.
1: And visit TomBarnardPodcast.com. Good.
0: I recommend you to a friend.